This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 810. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 810. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Oh my goodness. I'm actually recording on a Wednesday as I often do, but it feels like a Monday because (laughs) there's the most oppressive rain in Seattle right now. And it's like the clouds or the sky is so heavy and dark and it has been for the last couple days. And it was like, this isn't abnormal for us, but the shift from like full sun and like a very rain-free summer to just overnight like flash flooding is it's a lot to get used to like we're all a little like wait what's what i think i had my wettest walk to school ever with vinny and piper this morning like it just feels like a real abrupt shift from summer to fall that i did not see coming like i was not prepared i do not have my like puffy coats out yet and clearly i'm like way behind now so wherever you are i hope you're that you're you know navigating this shift in seasons as well as can be expected, especially if it's like you didn't see things coming. And here we are. So I'm really excited about today's topic. We're going to be talking about when it's easier to just not. 
And I was having this thought the other day as I've been talking to people, you know, for the last few months, I have been promoting my retreats. So I have two retreats. One of them is actually, by the time this goes live, it will be done. So this Friday in two days, I'm hosting my Influence and Ignite retreat for women in the workplace. So I have a bunch of leaders in Seattle, some of them coming from outside of Seattle, coming in for the conference or the retreat. But we're all meeting on Friday for a full day retreat around women in the workplace and leadership and how to be like more influential with your leadership, how to ignite others' leadership by the way that you lead. I'm really, really excited for this opportunity. I was going through the content yesterday and the agenda and like finalizing some details and just like kept getting goosebumps over and over again. And so I've been having conversations, inviting people into that experience, and then also inviting people into my upcoming business retreat. So for small business owners, and if that's you, by the way, there's still a few spots. So for small business owners on October 26th and 27th, I'm hosting a two-day retreat in Seattle again. And I'll be supporting small business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs around growth in their business, expansion in their business, especially as we wrap up 2023, but really, really specifically looking at growth and vision for 2024 and beyond. And I'm so excited about that. We're going to really be focusing on voice and visibility and how to use your voice in more ways to get the visibility that you want to attract the right people into your business and attract ideal clients and grow in the direction that you want to grow versus like trying to grow in all sorts of different directions because you're not quite sure what you want to do. So I'm really looking forward to that. And as I've been having conversations with folks around these retreat experiences, I've gone back to thinking a lot about the things that I sign up for, because I know whenever we decide to commit to something, it's really scary. It's really uncomfortable. I actually just today posted on social media that I'm thinking about going back to grad school and uh, like you can hear it in my voice, right? I'm a little bit nervous and uncomfortable, especially saying it out loud. And I'm thinking about this experience and thinking about those of you who I have invited into experiences over the years and those of you who have said, yes, I'm going to show up for this program or this group or this community or this event. Oftentimes, it's easier to just not. It's easier to just not do the thing. It's easier to say, I'll do it later. This isn't the right time. I don't have the money. I don't like I can't get childcare coverage. It's so easy to say that. And I've said it a million times too. This isn't me like saying, I do all the things and I sign up for everything and I'm gonna, like, it's easy for me. It's not at all. I am definitely a person who thinks like, oh, it's easier to just not. This even happens after I sign up for things sometimes where I commit to something and then I'm like, oh, crap, now I have to go do it. Like, I'd rather just stay home in my cozy pajamas. Thanks so much. (laughs) And so I know what it's like to just not, to just not do the thing. And that's really been a theme in my life, as much as it looks like I do a lot of things because I'm very forward-facing in public with all the things that I do do. There's a lot of things that I don't do. And I grew up being someone who was like a just not kind of kid. And I grew up, I never did a single extracurricular activity because I was a just not. It was easier to just not. It was easier to just not try any sports because, oh, What if I got hit by a ball? What if I threw the ball to the wrong person? What if I didn't have a very strong throw? I just never tried out for sports. What if I wasn't fast enough? What if I couldn't keep up? What if I looked foolish? So it was easier to just not do any sport ever, 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 ever. Literally until I started to run in secret when I was like 18, 19 years old. That's when I first decided to try a sport. When I could do it in secret, when no one would see me. That was a lot of years of just not doing anything because I had so much fear and so much insecurity around it. Same thing with other extracurriculars, like signing up for an art class. The first time I did an art class was in college. I had to take an art class and I ended up doing pottery. 
And I loved it. And it was my senior year. It was an elective that I'd put off for a long time because I was just like, well, whatever, like I can do it later. And then I was so disappointed because I loved it so much. I would have definitely done more art electives if I had had that experience earlier on, but I kept just putting it off. Like it was just easier to not do it. I was very like, oh, I have to like focus on the thing that like my degree is all about. And like, that's like, quote unquote, more serious. But then I realized, oh, I actually really like this art experience. I loved how tactile pottery was. And I was like, I really want to do more of this. And then I was out of the opportunity to do it, like as part of a program that's already paid for. And as I came out of college, I wasn't in the position to just start like taking and paying for pottery classes because, you know, coming out of college, I was making like, I was making $10.25 an hour, which by the way, I thought was a million dollars. And that did not allow for pottery class. So another example when it's easier to just not. As I got older, it's been easier for me to just not join the group of people who I assume are smarter than me or just not take that professional leap. I have sat in a lot of opportunities and decisions around what I might want to do or what it could look like. And there's been a lot of just not moments. Like it's easier to just not write the book. It's easier to just not sign up for that program where I think everyone's already way more successful than me and I'll be the least successful person in the room. I've done that a lot of times. It's not what you see on social media. Like (laughs) I'm not out there posting, nor do I think any of us are posting like, hey, so just so you all know, I decided to not take a chance on this thing today. (laughs) I decided to say, no, thanks. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be brave and courageous. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So I know that's really relatable. I know that there's times when I don't attend events because I'm like, oh, like everyone else in the room they're more important than me, or they're more educated, or they're more successful. They seem to be people who have it, quote unquote, like all figured out. So it's easier to just not go. It's easier to just not chase a dream sometimes. Oh, this is like a huge one in motherhood, I think, where it's easier to just not chase the dream because when you're really wrapped up in the thing that's right in front of you in motherhood, which is like having to show up for your kids all the time, every day, (laughs) relentlessly for infinity, like it seems like it's never going to end. It's so much easier to not chase a dream because who has time and who has energy? Like you're like, okay, like I could chase the dream, but like to do that, I'd have to really work on it like from 5 to 7 a.m. in the morning or from like 7 to 10 p.m. at night or like 10 to 11 p.m. at night or whatever. And that just seems really hard. So then we put things off like going back to school or getting that certification or writing the book or starting the podcast or doing like whatever the thing we want to do is. We just decide it's just easier to not chase the dream. And then we think just not right now. Like I'm not going to do it right now. But we hold we carry that not right now for a really long time. It's also easier to just not admit when you really want something. So sometimes we hold things in our heads, our hearts, sometimes we share them with others and we don't even admit that we really want it because admitting that we really want it then makes us accountable for acknowledging like, oh, I really want this and I'm actively choosing not to do it. I'm actively not pursuing it and that really doesn't feel good. So it's easier to just like not let it be known to myself or to others that I really actually do want this thing. And a lot of times in the process of all of this just nodding, we decide that I'm just not worth it. And we decide I'm not enough, so I'm not going to go do that thing. Or I'm not worth it, so I'm not going to invest in this. And sometimes that's conscientious and sometimes it's like subconscious thoughts. But I'm guessing some of this is relatable to you, right? You've probably had the just knots a number of times. This actually happened to me this summer. So over the summer, 
two summers ago, I trained for a triathlon for the first time in seven or like 18, 19 years. And it was a great experience. This summer, I decided immediately when I finished two summers ago, I was like, oh, I for sure want to do that again next year. So this summer, I started training again. I actually put the call out there to some mom friends. And I was like, hey, like, I'm going to train for this if anyone wants to join. And one of them immediately was like, oh, my gosh, yes. And then a few days later, she's like, so this other mom wants to do it with us. And I was like, oh, this, this will be so great. As we got going, my schedule just felt flipped upside down. And especially after my husband got laid off, it felt almost irresponsible to be like, hey, so I got to go do all this training stuff because like I was the breadwinner. I needed to be hustling my heart out for my work to support our family and to be like trying to get in, you know, sometimes two workouts a day and getting down to a lake to go swimming and figuring out a bike course to go bike around the city. That's like not this is like not in the middle of traffic and rush hour and all these different things. There were definitely times where I was like, oh, it would be so much easier to just not do this workout today or just not do this triathlon at all. I ended up doing it. It was a great experience. But you know what? I didn't love it like I did the year before. It was way harder. And as I was navigating that feeling of, oh my gosh, this is way harder throughout the entire run, (laughs) the run portion of the triathlon, which is the last portion. So first you swim, then you bike, and then you run. So the entire run, I was like, it would have been way easier to just not do this because this is really hard, way harder than I remember last year. It was much hotter out. My legs were just like not working for me. And I got to the end and I had to decide, like, do I want to feel like this was kind of a failure of a race? Like I was a little slower than last year. I felt like, oh, maybe I should have trained harder. Like it wasn't my best work. And then I realized like, oh, you know, it wasn't, I didn't feel as great as last year. I didn't finish thinking, I can't wait to do it again. But I got to have this really cool experience doing something with these other moms. And we have this new kind of relationship, new kind of friendship because we did this thing together, which is really, really special and really important. And so I want you to think through sometimes the things that you give up when you get stuck in your just nots. And even if you do the thing that you want to do, and even if it doesn't turn out the way you want it to turn out, like you get done and you're like, yeah, uh, that kind of sucked. Like my triathlon felt during the run part. What are the things that came out of it where you're like, wow, I'm so glad I did that. And we can often find those things in any experience, no matter what, how the experience unfolded, no matter how it did or did not meet our expectations. So when you think there's something that you might want to do that might be kind of cool, but then you feel it, decide it feels too risky or too scary or too vulnerable, you start to make up a bunch of reasons, right? Like it's just not the right time and it's not the right fit or it's not the next right step. Just not just not the right fit, just not the right step. And you end up just not doing the thing, right? And then we're often mad. We're mad and sad and disappointed and full of regret. Sometimes maybe we even feel shame. And we likely are then making promises about next time, how will I do the thing? So making promises about how next time I just will. I just will do it when I have the next opportunity because now I see what I missed out on. This has happened over the course of my life too, where I see people going and doing the things that I decided to just not do. And then I'm like, oh crap, like I really wish I did that. So next time I just will. There's this event that a colleague of mine attended last year and I really thought about going, but it was really expensive. The travel it required was not convenient for my schedule at that time at all. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to just not do it this year. And then I watched her talk about it on social media and I actually got to have an in-person conversation with her about it. And I was like, Oh, I really wish I did it. And so then I was like, okay, next year, I just will. I just will. I'm not going to just not it. I'm going to just will it. I'm going to do that thing. So it's actually time right now to be registering for that thing. And I went to the website the other day to register and I was like, 
oh, it's a lot of money again. <laughs> and the travels are kind of a lot for that time of year. And I had the exact same things where I'm like, oh, it'd be easier to just not. And then I had to check myself and be like, hold on, what did you miss out on because you didn't do this last year? And it's not just that I missed the event itself. It's that there's so many things that I know would come out of that event. There's so much potential that could come out of that event. And not attending it probably jeopardized my work in the last year way more than I will ever know. Because there's really significant relationships that I could have built had I attended that, that had high likelihood of catapulting my career in new ways this year. But I decided to just not do it. I was like, I don't know, like those aren't quite my people. I don't know if I'm qualified to be around them. I don't know if I'm like quite ready to step into those spaces. And because I didn't do it, I'm realizing, wow, like I would be much closer to some of my dreams right now if I had done that last spring. So now I'm having the opportunity to think through, am I going to do it this spring? And I'm thinking, I think I just will because it almost feels irresponsible not to now. Now that that I've thought through and recognized like, oh, if I had just done it and I'm having that like kind of sad, mad, disappointed, regretful feeling around it. So I'm starting to make that promise to myself, like you need to do these things when you have the opportunity to do them because the potential on the other side is really, really great. That doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that you're going to show up in this room and have it like all figured out and feel like you totally fit in. It's probably going to be weird and awkward and fumbly, but that doesn't mean it won't be worth it. It will absolutely be this massive learning experience and there will be so much that you can take out of it. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly, Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know, like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse. And so Active Skin Repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately. And I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect. So Vinny does not like ointmenty, creamy, lotiony things on his body, but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, 
my toes all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. So I want you to be thinking through what are the things that you just will do? What are the just nots that you want to overcome? So when you think of those just nots that I shared, like just not trying the new sport, just not signing up for the art class, just not joining the group of people you might assume are more qualified or smarter than you, just not taking that professional leap, just not attending that event with people that you think might have it more figured out than you, just not chasing that dream, just not admitting that you really want something, just not deciding that you're worth the thing. What is the costs or what are the costs of all those just nots for you? And then what would be the revenue and the outcomes and the results of the just wills? If you just do those things, if you just will do it this time. So I see the opportunity and I just do. I just say yes. I just get right into it. What are the potential outcomes? Would you then be able to collect data that would impact you in a new way? When I talk about that and what I mean by that is I always think there's so much value in going into an experience and just being there to be objectively collecting data. Sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves like to show up for something and do it a certain way and be the best in the room and get it all right. And if you take that pressure off and you say, I'm just going to show up and I'm just going to see what this is about. I'm just going to collect some data to determine like, is this right for me? Do I like this? Would it be a value of me to do this again? Am I enjoying myself? Is this really messy and I'm doing it horribly, but also like I'm kind of loving what I'm learning. So just collecting that data. And it might be that the data tells you this is horrible and I never want to do it again. There's like for sure been things where I've done that where I'm like, "Mm, yeah, don't need to do that again. Like you get into the situation and objectively collecting the data, you're like, huh, yeah, not what I thought it was going to be. Hmm, yeah, not really worth my time. Huh, like this just isn't the right fit or it's not the right fit right now. And I can objectively look at that. This doesn't feel really great right now. It doesn't feel like the right place to be spending my time or my energy. Or like, I'm just so horrible at this. <laughs> the amount of time and energy it would take to get better. It's just not the right thing for me. It's just not like something that I want to pursue. I'm thinking like if I were to go take an accounting class right now, and by the way, this could be of great value to me, right? Like I run my own business. I could go take an accounting class. I'd be better at bookkeeping and my numbers and all these things. It could be of really great value. But I could also go in there and I could recognize like, wow, in order to figure this out, the amount of time and energy I'm putting into it versus just hiring someone to do it for me, it's actually impacting the other work that I want to do right now in a negative way. So it's probably not worth my time to keep doing this. Now, I might also have the experience of like getting in there and thinking it's great and being becoming like, masterful at my numbers and my bookkeeping and all that. And that sure, that would be fantastic. So When you go in and you let yourself just objectively collect the data, like letting yourself step back and watch over yourself as you navigate something, you learn so much. So when you just do the thing, when you 
get, step into that, like, I just will do this. Then you get to collect that data and decide where you want to go with that. That data can very, very easily and often very quickly inform your next steps. Also, when you decide that you're just going to do the thing, when you go through that moment of like, I just will do this, you have the opportunity to enjoy getting it wrong and giving yourself permission to be fumbly. This is something that I have struggled with across my life so much. And I'm so uncomfortable being new at something and not being good at something. And I've laughed about my example of like going to a bar and people wanting to play pool and me being so uncomfortable because it to me, it feels like an athletic event that I can't be successful at, which is like my most vulnerable (laughs) like insecurity and which I know like that sounds very weird. You're like, what? Plain pool, vulnerable, huh? But I'm telling you this is a thing for me. So I've had to embrace things like that, plain pool, but other things like that where I go into it and I'm like, yeah, I'm really bad at this. Like I'm really fumbly and I'm just here to learn and I'm probably looking ridiculous and being okay with that because you know what? It was fun to hang out with those people while we were playing pool. It was fun to build some new relationships. It was fun to blow off some steam. It was fun to not be thinking about work. It was fun to get away from my kid for a while, like all those other things. Recognizing that just doing the thing invites in all that stuff, even if it's ugly and awkward and fumbly and super messy and not really successful in any kind of um, typical terms or common ways that we would think of success around something, there's still so many other things that can come out of it. And then the other thing I want you to think about when we think about, I just will do that, I'm just going to do it, is being open to the idea that it could be magic. And when we're open to the idea that it could be magic, oftentimes it will be. So the first time I went to a big business building event back in 2009, 2010, I went into that like, this is not for me. I don't need this. And I like, I'm here to take a couple notes. But like, I was like, so too big for my britches when I showed up to this thing. And then I got in the room and I was like, holy cow, these people are all way more successful than me. And so actually, I do have a lot to learn. And then I immediately felt very insecure. Like, I'm going to sit in the back corner. I'm not going to talk to anyone because these people clearly all make like $10 million a year. And I remember sitting in the back of that room for like three days straight and just having goosebumps the whole time because I was learning so much and everything in my mind around owning a business, running a business transformed so dramatically over those three days. I learned after that experience to go into everything with the idea and assumption that it could be magic. Now, sometimes it's not and that's okay. But when I go in assuming that something's going to be magic, oftentimes that magic shows up because I'm looking for it and I can pull that experience. So there's been times where I've been in rooms where I'm like, hmm, this isn't necessarily like the best fit for me. I don't necessarily need to come back to this, but wow, like I can see this magic in here around certain things around like just one takeaway or one interaction where I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. So when we're open to the idea that something could be magical, that there's something in it that's the right thing for us right now, oftentimes we find that one thing. And so as I'm heading into this retreat season of heading of hosting this retreat on Friday for women in the workplace and hosting my retreat for business owners at the end of October on October 26th and October 27th, I'm really inviting folks into this idea that it could be magic. And a lot of the people attending my October event are return people, small business owners who I've coached in the past or worked with in the past or you know talked with via our Shameless Mom 
community in different ways. And they're very open to like, I know this is going to be magic. I've learned from Sarah before, even if I've never learned from her in this way. But my other retreat experience that's more with women in the workplace, a lot of them have not worked with me in any capacity. And it's been so exciting as I've helped them prepare for the event and help them be open to the idea that this could be exactly what you need. This could be a really transformative experience. And they are so like, oh my gosh, we're so ready. Like, yes, I'm getting these emails that are like, I cannot wait. And so when we're open to that experience, that's oftentimes exactly what happens and unfolds for us. And I want you to be open to that because also when we're not open to that, sometimes we either just nod our way out of it or we show up and we miss the magic because we're so caught up in an insecurity or being like convinced that it's the wrong thing or this isn't exactly what I needed that we can't find a way to apply it to ourselves or to make it the right thing for us to make it worth our time and our energetic investment in that moment. So I want you to be open to that magic. I'm so excited for my retreat folks that are so open to that. And I'm so excited for those transformations that are coming. I also, as you think about closing out 23 and opening up to things that can happen in 2024, I want you to be open to the idea that so much can be magical. So many things that lie ahead of you can be full of magic. And so where do you need to let go of the just nots in order to open up space for the just wills to decide what will you do moving forward? What will you do? Whether it's deciding that you're going to come to one of my retreats and work with me as a coach, or it's deciding that you're going to go after this thing that you've been talking about, or maybe even this thing that you haven't really admitted out loud that you really want for yourself. What can that look like for you? And what are the possibilities that can come out of that? So I understand that it's often easier to just not, but I also want you to think about all the magic that you're missing out on when you don't just will, when you don't make that decision. I just will do this thing. Thank you so much for listening today, Shameless Moms. I'm so happy to be here with you. And as always, remember that I'm in this with you always. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free 
a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.